Welcome to the Treble Health Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ben Thompson, audiologist and founder of Treble Health. This podcast is supported by treblehealth.com, the nation's leading telehealth service for tinnitus and hearing loss treatment. Thank you for being here on our podcast and make sure to subscribe to get our newest episodes sent straight to you. Let's get ahead with today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Ben here. CBT has been shown to be a very effective treatment for tinnitus. Cognitive behavioral therapy techniques help. Today, Dr. Tracy and I are going to go into the 12 common types of negative thinking and how you can master them to help live with tinnitus. Hello, Treble Health community. We've brought back one of our most popular podcast guests and Treble Health audiologist, Dr. Tracy Peck Holcomb, who lives in California. Dr. Tracy, thanks for joining us again. Today, we're here to discuss the 12 types of negative thinking when living with tinnitus. Dr. Tracy, why is this so important for our patients to master? I think that, you know, we've talked a lot about how important cognitive behavioral techniques can be as part of tinnitus treatment program. And um, learning these, I think the first step in that is, is understanding and identifying what those types of thoughts are and being able to understand the basis of those in order to then learn how to restructure and reframe them. Um, So this is a handout that I use pretty uh, consistently with my patients and find it really beneficial and useful. So I wanted to share it with Excellent. We're going to start by putting it on the screen now, and we're going to read through some of the main points here, and then we're going to talk about the significance. Dwelling on your tinnitus can lead to negative emotions that affect your behavior and psychological well-being. There are 12 types of negative thinking processes in reference to how people deal with their tinnitus. Reading over the list, you might identify some that apply to you. The first on the list is overgeneralizing. A person who overgeneralizes makes conclusions based on a single piece of evidence. Example, I was awake all night from my tinnitus, therefore it will keep me awake every night. Um, With that one, I think that's a pretty common style of negative thinking. I hear that one or some version of that a lot. And it's helpful to identify those kind of reoccurring thoughts because then that makes it really easy to then work on reframing those. Another example that I see with some of our community for overgeneralizing may be because I have trouble in quiet places, I'm never going to be able to go into quiet places and all quiet places are difficult for me to be in. Well, there are tools and there are techniques to enjoy life in quiet places, whether that's using sound therapy, using CBT-based approaches to reacting to thoughts. With both of them, someone can be in quiet. So we don't want to overgeneralize and essentially make it harder for our brain to get out of that challenging place. For example, being in quiet. Um, Number two, categorizing. Someone might see things in distinct black or white categories. Events are either good or bad, um, never just okay or gray. So an example would be my life was perfect before I had tinnitus and now everything is terrible. An important comment on this is that someone might create two categories. Either I have tinnitus or I don't. Either my life is ruined because I have tinnitus or it's cured, it's gone, it's better. I I never hear it again. There's a huge spectrum of where someone can fall on how they're affected by tinnitus. I have tinnitus. It affects me sometimes, but it's essentially not an issue in my life. So I don't fall in these black or white buckets. And the goal of where we want someone to get who has bothersome tinnitus it's going to be on this spectrum, on this scale, and it will take time to go through these stages. It's never just gone completely, never comes back in your life again. You never think about it, right? Yeah. All right. And I would, oh, and I would just add to that that I think, you know, even day to day, we know tinnitus fluctuates, we know it can kind of change. That's that's sort of the nature of it. But you can 
usually when talking with patients, even if they're having a really hard tinnitus day, there's usually at least something that day that's happened that is not terrible, that actually was enjoyable. And it's just a matter of starting to focus and reshift the thoughts to those things versus letting the overwhelming automatic negative thoughts flood, flood in and take over. Number three, filtering. A person focuses on a single negative event, ignoring or forgetting any positive aspects. More sort of expanding upon that one, Ben, I think that a lot of times people don't even know, like if you're at a party or an event or somewhere with friends and family that might not even know you have tinnitus, they're just happy to see you. They don't even know that you have it. So just having you be there is a positive thing. And certainly tinnitus isn't going to be the main focus of that particular event or situation. Number four, mind reading. Someone assumes they know exactly what someone is thinking or how they are feeling. So for example, when I ask people to repeat themselves, they hate me and think that I'm stupid. So a more common example specific to tinnitus that I hear a lot is patients uh, will tell me that they When they go to like a restaurant or something with friends, they feel really bad or feel like they're a burden on their friends if they ask to move to like a more quiet space in the restaurant. And that's not true. Most often friends and family are more than willing to oblige to make sure that everyone's comfortable and enjoying their time together. And another example might be that because you can't do your normal activities, because you are limited during an intense period of tinnitus, your spouse, your family might notice that and you might try to read their mind and think negatively and think, they think I'm worthless. I'm doing nothing for my family. They think that this should be easy to get over and they think I'm weak because I'm struggling with this. Well, that's in your mind. That's not in their mind. So we don't want to make that assumption. Number five, catastrophizing. A person makes mountains out of molehills and expects the worst possible outcomes. For example, Since my tinnitus has worsened, I know I'm going deaf. This is a really common style of negative thinking that I see a lot with patients. I also refer to this as kind of worst case scenario. Patients will think about something that's coming, you know, six months down the road and just already sort of assume that it's not going to happen, that they're not going to be able to go, that it's going to be terrible, you know, again, kind of thinking of the worst possible thing. And so we try to dial that back and work towards meeting that goal by doing the the cognitive restructuring. One of your patients that you worked with one-on-one, Dr. Tracy, was in our group coaching last night for all Treble Health subscribers, members. We have group coaching that meets every two weeks and I host it typically. And last night, one of your patients explained that for her, the negative thought was, I won't habituate. And it came up over and over and she kept having it. But after a few weeks of replacing that with a more neutral, practical thought, instead of catastrophizing and believing that or going down that mental path, she replaced, she said, nope, I'm not going to go there. And she replaced it with a more neutral, realistic outlook of I'm having a really bad day and I'm still in the early phases of this. And I likely will habituate according to scientists and researchers. After a few weeks, she was noticing periods of quiet and silence. She's not better, but it just shows the power of these CBT techniques. Minimizing. So someone belittles the significance of their progress. The example being my tinnitus was under control today, but that was just by good luck. I hear this one all the time and I make it a point in sessions with patients to really have them reflect back to me how much progress they've made. I think in the day to day, it can be hard to really notice. But if you look at kind of, you know, take a bird's eye view, step back a little bit and look at the trends. It's amazing the amount of progress people can make. Sometimes they're big jumps, sometimes they're little, little jumps, but every 
progress is progress. And so the more we can sort of reflect on that in sessions and through the cognitive behavioral techniques, you know, the more patients can believe it and be proud of the work that they're doing. And we have a way to scientifically measure what is a significant improvement. What is a significant change of your progress? Sure. We know that there's micro fluctuations and that might not mean much in your overall question of, am I better? But when we measure the tinnitus functional index over different periods of time, we can tell you, hey, research has shown this is a significant change. This is not just a day-to-day variability here. You're actually getting better. That does a lot to someone's confidence and just motivation to keep going. As we're halfway through this video, I want to encourage those who are new to our YouTube channel to find the subscribe button and subscribe to the Treble Health YouTube channel. Stay connected. We have a lot of great information for tinnitus. Thank you so much. Let's continue on with the next six common negative thinking of tinnitus. Number seven, personalizing. A person blames themselves for the negative things that are out of their control or blames themselves for problems that aren't real. For example, my tinnitus was so irritating and I ruined everyone's evening because of it. So uh, an example of this um, in real life would be, you know, you go to work and your coworkers are having, you know, just a bad day has nothing to do with you, but you think because a patient might think because of their tinnitus and how they're outwardly responding or something like that to that coworker, that it's their fault that their, their coworker is having a bad day when it really has absolutely nothing to do with them. And it's not anything that's in their control. Conclusion jumping. Someone draws hasty conclusions despite lacking evidence. So for example, I know I'm losing my hearing, even though the hearing test didn't indicate it. Very popular, very popular thought is that something's wrong with my ears. The test showed normal hearing. They must have missed something. I must need to get another test, a more specific test. Okay. It's true that you can test hearing more finely. You can get an autoacoustic emission, OAE test. You can get a high frequency test, but no one's hearing is perfect. So if those tests show something is off, that's expected. Jumping to conclusion is going to be thinking things like my hearing is actually bad, even though the test showed that it's typically in the normal range and a standard test showed it's normal hearing. Another example of this is I have to overprotect my hearing because now my ears are way more sensitive and I'm going to lose my hearing more quickly because I have tinnitus. There's no science to support that. Your cochleas are not more sensitive because you have tinnitus. So jumping to conclusions is something people do when there's no education on the matter or when there's a lack of information and high quality education on what's going on. And that's partly what professionals do to help. Number nine, emotional reasoning. A person makes an assumption based on their gut feeling alone. For example, my tinnitus makes me feel hopeless, so it will never get better. This one comes up a lot um, as well. I mean, a lot of them come up a lot in working with patients. And I think that this one, you know, feelings affect our behavior or they can affect our behavior. So if someone's feeling like that, my tinnitus makes me feel hopeless. It's never going to get better. That might lead them to being like, well, there's no point in me trying sound therapy. There's no point in me working with, you know, one of the audiologists at Treble because it doesn't matter. And so really stopping and and checking the way that you're feeling about the tinnitus can actually have effects on your actions too. And so identifying those thoughts and being able to sort of again, reframe them or restructure them actually helps with taking action and being proactive about getting better with your tinnitus too, learning the tools that you need to, you know, work through that process of habituation. 10, imposing. So someone has steadfast rules about what 
one should think or feel and gets frustrated when the rules are not adhered to. So for example, having tinnitus should not upset me and nobody else should worry about my condition either. An example of this may be if you're expecting habituation to be a smooth process where you have boundaries, you have an outline, you have a map, and it's going to go smooth and steady until you're better, you're going to be surprised and quite upset when you have spikes, you have a bad day, something is out of your control, like sudden loud noise of a car honking when you're walking on the street, but that's not supposed to happen. Well, don't be so strict or harsh with yourself and just accept that life has unexpected circumstances and you can still habituate. You can still get better. I just want to add to that one that I think, you know, the opposite actually we want, we, we don't want people to just be like, well, this shouldn't upset me. So I need to kind of just try to, you know, grit my teeth and bear it and get through it. I, I can't believe this is, you know, causing this, this, and this to happen, we want to acknowledge that and then, you know, learn the underlying reasons for that to be able to work through it. So it's not about just trying to kind of, you know, push it away. It's about actually acknowledging and then being able to move through those emotions. Number 11, labeling. This extreme form of generalizing is a combination of categorizing and catastrophizing. Example, having tinnitus renders me utterly disabled. So to add to this, I think in the very beginning stages of tinnitus um, onset, that it can feel really overwhelming and almost sort of, you know, your patients feel kind of frozen. They're not able to kind of, they feel really out of control with it. And you can sort of move through that and get through that phase by acknowledging that even though you're having a really difficult time, you are still able to do, you know, X, Y, or Z. Like it has not completely And the goal with working with patients is to get them to be able to get back to their life before tinnitus. And so, you know, setting goals, what you want to work back towards um, achieving those types of goals setting in the very beginning can be super helpful. Number 12, blaming. A person holds others responsible for their woes, or alternatively, a person may blame themselves for others' troubles. So for example, my tinnitus wouldn't be so bad if my family understood what I'm going through. And we all have a lot of sentiment towards doctors who tell us there's nothing we can do. And and perhaps on our YouTube channel as well, we're communicating how we, we wish it was different. We're trying to make that different, but still it's not their fault. They're doing the best that they know is possible. They don't really understand. They haven't been educated. So there's no good in you as an individual with tinnitus to blame your ENT doctor that they set you back so far. That may be true, but blaming them or always coming back to them as the reason things aren't as good as you want them to be, or the reason that you're really struggling. All that to say, notice when you're blaming, be able to call it what it is and try to let go of it so we're not holding on to unnecessary things. All the cognitive distortions listed above are based on the book, Tinnitus, a Self-Management Guide for Ringing in Your Ears by Jane Henry and Peter Wilson. Uh, My name is Dr. Ben Thompson. I'm here with Dr. Tracy Peck-Holcomb. We are audiologists with Treble Health. If you are in need of help for tinnitus, please do find us and reach out at treblehealth.com. CBT is something that we focus on. We perform CBT techniques for tinnitus as well as personalized sound therapy relief. Thank you for watching this video and we'll see you on the next one here. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching today's video with Treble Health. Check out our next video by clicking the button on this screen or another recommended video. And if you're not already, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks so much. See you on the next video.
Thanks for listening to today's podcast. This is your host, Dr. Ben Thompson. If you have two minutes, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a five-star review on the Apple Podcast platform for the Treble Health Podcast. Thank you for your time. And if you need any services for tinnitus or hearing aids, please head over to treblehealth.com and our team of expert audiologists will be able to help you via telehealth. Have a great one and see you soon.